Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fignuts podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 4. If you counted all of them, that's 198 episodes of crazy football stuff. I'm Craig. And my name is Britt. Britt, we're back for the most exciting episode in the world. Which one is this? Tight ends, kickers, and defense. Oh. <laughs> um Yeah. I um I think I think I think this was supposed to be Stinch's episode. <laughs> I think. Um well, he's not here, so we'll just go with it. How are you? Sure. I, I, I was great until I just heard that we were doing tight end kickers and defenses. I totally forgotten. <laughs> um this is I, I get it. It's not a big. It's not. A, it's not a big area of discussion, but we'll do our best to to cover it. Uh, I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Let's uh, let's jump right in. And what are you drinking tonight? So tonight, I already opened it, so I have no can noise. But uh, this is Lola IPA by Medusa Brewing. I had that one too. This is Give an me a ex- can of that. This is an extremely light IPA. It's um, it's not as hoppy as Weed Demon, but it's very light for an IPA. It's like, well, there's light penetration. You can't really see through it, but it's mm. it's very light. It's um, crisp. A lot of people don't like that word, I know, but that's the best word I can use to describe, that, describe that's it. That's the word I'll use. Actually, the word I would have used is the flavor is sharp. Like for the mm. lighter color on it, I didn't expect it to be as as sharp as it was, and it wasn't overly hoppy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exceptionally bitter, but the taste profile was there. Right, you, you know, know you're I drinking. Mean, it didn't lack an IPA. for flavor. Yeah, because this I has um, this has citra and mosaic hops combined. Yeah, and for citra, that's the other thing. Citra hops, citra IPAs tend to be a little bit more. Um, borderline blue moonish in terms of like their um, their citrus flavor or their citrus nose. This mm. wasn't. No, this wasn't at all. at all when I had it. It was again. I'll use the word sharp. If, if, if when I saw Citra Mosaic, I'm like, okay, my wife might like this because she really likes beers that are made with Citra. And when I took one sip of it, I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, she is not going to want to drink this. So, <clears throat> but hey, you know I what? Just, you've you've got her to start drinking IPAs. I've noticed. Oh my God! Sunday, Craig and I were out at Two Roads, just enjoying some nice weather in the hop yard, and ordering our last beer of the day. I looked at her and I said, "What do you want?" And she said, "Get me a little juicy," which is their um, is their session IPA in the juicier kind of haze line. And both Craig and I stopped and went. What did you just ask for? <laughs> I think she's drunk. No, <laughs> I was just like shocked. I mean, she, but yeah, she is definitely trying to expand and try a whole bunch of different things. She is without a doubt in our group of friends, the most adventurous beer wise, um, in my yeah. opinion. So, you know, she, there's, there's, she'll, she'll try something. She knows she's not going to like just to say that she tried it. And so there's that. Oh, excuse me. I'm yawning because Kickers, tight ends, and defenses are so freaking interesting. <laughs> but I'm also drinking a Diet Coke because I had a very active weekend alcohol-wise, and my liver is taking a couple of days off. That's so, that's fair. Sometimes you got to do that, you know? Sometimes you just got to do it. But um, 
just so folks know our plan tonight, it's probably gonna be a little bit of a shorter episode. And part of the reason is going to be, we need to save a huge chunk of time because the next three weeks, we are going to release the round table series for 2021, which is right now scheduled to include myself, Craig, the cinch and the boy. <laughs> Sean will be returning to the round table and we want to save a ton of time for that. We do not want to waste valuable time that could be used listening to Cinch and Sean bicker over Ronald Jones by because <laughs> they're going to defenses. <laughs> so let's do let's just get right into it. Let's get a couple uh, burning hot takes <laughs> right into our rankings so that we can make this a nice quick episode and really put our energy into the big roundtable one. Craig, I'm going to go first this week because okay. I have a question from Twitter. Ooh, that came in uh, nice. in between episodes. What's that? Nice, nice. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I think I'm gonna amp up your volume a little bit. There we go. Okay. So at Carmine J Lorenzo writes to us at Fignuts DFS. Love the podcast, guys. I draft 11th in a 12-team snake non PPR. Mm. Who are you eyeing at the 11 and 14? Two running backs, right? Who? So there's three questions there. Let's 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 just go right. Let's let's get your opinion on it. Who are you eyeing at picks eleven and fourteen overall? So he's at the, he's at the back end of a snake draft. Ah oh, man, snake drafts. I know, I know you hate that. <clears throat> I but do. Eleven I like and them. fourteen. If mm. he's picking one pick later, he's got the double, and it's a little clearer, I think. But at eleven and fourteen, what are you thinking? Let me let me pull up my running back list really quick. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Again, burning hot takes. You <clears throat> get these questions in advance. No. All right. So we're going to assume everyone before him, minus maybe one or two people, are taking a running back. I think you have to assume at that point it's a fair guess to say eight running backs are off the board when he comes up at eleven, maybe seven. Maybe seven, because, you know, people are going to take Mahomes and people are going to take Tyree Kill in the first round. There's always that. Well, it's non-PPR. Yeah, that's true. All right. So Mahomes, but probably. Still, but there's always that guy. There's always that guy who is convinced he's got the breakthrough candidate, like the legendary story of that best ball I did three years ago. <laughs> where Deshaun Watson was like the sixth or seventh rated quarterback. And with the first overall pick in a best ball, this guy picked Deshaun Watson and then railed on us about it. <laughs> he finished last, by the way. That's not the point. <laughs> There's always that one guy who's like, oh, yeah, the pick is such and such. And then he stands up and goes, give me TJ Hushmanzada. Wait, what? Championship. <laughs> Old commercial. Look it up. Yeah. So if he's drafting 11, <sighs> I'm going to say seven or eight are gone. Let me see here. One, two, three, six, seven, eight. All right. On our list, our list, that brings you down into Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb territory. All right. So, you, you, yeah, you are going to have to go to running back at this point in a snake draft. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I would look at, if they're there, I would go Aaron Jones, Eckler, and Mixon. And I'm sorry, Cinch, I'm not picking Chubb. People like him. I'm not going to pick him, but... I think because he's so late, even with it being non-PPR, you've got to consider a wideout here. 
That's um, true. You're going to get probably better value at wideout. Not not with that first pick, but on the 14th, on the comebacker. Yeah, on the four, um, well, that's true because on the 14th pink, yeah, pink pick, you're pretty much going to have your pick of wide receivers. And the snake draft, a lot of those guys are going to be gone. So then you're going to be down to like Keenan Allen or Allen yeah. Robinson by the time it's your turn again. Yeah, at the 14 pick, DeAndre Hopkins is probably still there. Calvin Ridley's still there. Justin Jefferson's probably still there. DK Metcalf is still yeah. there. I would even there say names. I would even say Diggs and Adams might still be there then. Might be. So yeah, I probably go. I I I'm looking best available, but if I'm worried about positional lineups, then I'm going probably running back wide receiver. So what I said to him was that deep into the first round leaves you a lot of what ifs to have mm-hmm. to deal with. Depending on your format, I'm likely to take best available from the wide receiver running back pool and not target a short list. Honestly, drafting that spot is a challenge for sure. If I have to put a name on it, I'm likely looking for a running back that people are hesitant on like Barkley or Zeke, but they're likely already gone. A Nick Chubb might be your best bet. And if they're all gone, that means someone had to slide to you like Taylor. So, yes, that was that was that was where I went with that. So, I, I yeah, no, I want to say. It's I agree we're getting into that, that kind of uh, strategy at this point. So, yeah. okay. What have you got for me? <clears throat> but thanks for the question. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you, Carmine. And keep listening. We appreciate it. Okay. So for me, and we discussed this before, but I think people need a reminder. Um, so this past week, um, NFL teams started doing pads at practice, you know, so it's a little more contact at practice. <laughs> so what happened was this this was happened yesterday. So for the Bengals, they're in they're in pads. It's the first defense against the first offense. And the defense, I think they picked off Burrow once or twice. They batted it away a couple passes, etc. Okay. People online are in a fervor over it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense are doomed. I would just I would just like to take a moment and possibly both of us remind people that that doesn't matter. Personally for me, Practice. I am glad the first team defense is doing well against their offense. Because if I yeah. if I read that the defense was just letting everything get through, that would be concerning to me. And people online like don't get that at all. So, yeah, that's right. So, so breaking news, that's not even a question, but it is a good yeah. discussion. Cop, right. It's more of a discussion than a question. Yes. The really simple, really quick. I don't know if a lot of people understand this about football, but what happens prior to week one does not count towards qualifying for the playoffs or Super Bowl. That is true. That is very There's true. There's a reason why it's called <laughs> preseason. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, I will go back to the, I think it was the year Alex Smith first came to Kansas City. You know what? No, I'm going to go further than that. Elvis Gerbeck. Whoa, jeez. Comes to Kansas City from San Francisco. That was when there was, back when we used to have like five preseason games. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City walked into five, like, away opponents or something like that. It might have been a few home games, but I think they played mostly away. Five opponents and absolutely steamrolled everyone in preseason. And everyone was like, Chiefs suddenly look like they've got a clue. Maybe Elvis Gerback is the savior. The <laughs> Chiefs won eight games that year. 
in the games that counted. Do not read too, too much into practices. Are they important? Yes. Can they give us glimpses as what to expect? Yes. But don't sit there and say, oh my God, the world is ending because of what you saw in practice in August. These guys are professional athletes that have a long ass haul ahead of them. And they know this. They know they've got to play X many games in the next couple of weeks. They know it's a long call. Don't overthink it. Particularly the first couple days of pass. Uh, you know, you know, I don't think Joe Burrow got up that morning and said, I need to be mentally prepared. This is the biggest practice of my life. <laughs> Guys, come on. Don't stop it. Just stop, stop it. And, but Look also, too, like, What's that? you know, also, too, the thing with the camp, people also need players need to calm down a bit because if you're the Giants, you don't want your starting quarterback on the bottom of a pile from everyone fighting. That's not yeah, good. He, he jumped into it, too. He That's did. the part that people are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, that, so if people don't know what's going on. I'm sure they already hear. They've already heard. Um, Danny, Daniel Jones, there was a, a scuffle that broke out into a full fight because Evan Ingram felt he was um, blocked inappropriately. So he laid a, a late hit on one of the running backs. I don't remember which one it was. That led to a scuffle and everyone just jumped into a huge dog pile. Daniel Jones, being the quarterback, decided I need to get in there. I don't know why he thought this. <laughs> I don't know what part of his brain said to him, this is a great idea, get in there. But he did. And Joe Judge let them all have it. He yeah. canceled practice. He made them run wind sprints. Those and suck. Like, I, I mean, what, what's that? Those suck. Yeah, they, pads, they're bad. They suck. They're ba- oh, yeah, in full pads. <laughs> in full pads. He made them run wind sprints, and then he r- gave them a expletive-written <laughs> read-off that newspapers were like, I can't print this. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think the message got across. But people were like, you know, Daniel Jones, why why are you doing that? You know you're you know you're made of glass, right? You're you're a quarterback <laughs> to begin with, and you're not exactly the most sturdy. And his response scared the crap out of me. He goes, Well, I'm part of the team. Okay, great. I, I don't like the lemming I like the idea that you're all in it together. I don't like the lemming mentality of where one go, we go all. <laughs> that's you true. Know? That's true. <laughs> I mean that's why we have so much crap with QAnon, is because, you know, you just this lemming mentality. I'm not gonna get into a political rant, I swear. But, you know, I mean, be careful. Be careful there. You want to be part of the team, but you also want to be smart. You also want to be smart about it. I always tell the story really quick, and then we're going to get on to our, our thing. My brother's first date with his eventual wife was at a hockey playoff game where there was, and I kid you not, six fights <laughs> in this playoff game. And the sixth and final one was a massive melee pile in the center ice where both goalies were even at whacking at each other. Really? Okay. There was one guy from the visiting team who had already gotten um, one major penalty. He knew if he got into that scrum, someone was going to take enough shots at him that he'd get another major and he'd get tossed out. So he skated around the edge of the rink and stayed away from it. One guy <laughs> in a bench clearing brawl was like, nope, I want to play tonight. I'm not getting into that pile. Now, the funny part of the story is my brother decided to taunt him, and the guy shot a look at my brother that I will never forget the rest of my <laughs> life. We were like two rows back from the glass. After the game resumed sometime later, 
There was a face-off. That guy got the puck, and he flipped it into the crowd, and it landed three feet behind my brother's head. <laughs> and he skated by, and he stared my brother down. And I went, great. That guy's going to be waiting outside by our fucking yep. car now. Mm-hmm. He's a, I'm like, the one time my brother decides to – and he's not a very angry, <clears throat> vocal sports fan. Not really, no. Sometimes, but not often. The, not often. The one time he screams at the hockey player – this dude remembers it. <laughs> Crazy. So, all right, let's move on because we got to get to our tight end rankings at the very least. Because everyone wants those right away. <laughs> so we ranked 30 of them. And by 30, by ranking 30 of them, I mean, there's 30 names on this list, but realistic, <laughs> that's, that's, wait a minute. That's wide receiver. We ranked 23 of them. And by 23, <laughs> I mean, there's 23 names on the list. <laughs> Our top five was pretty clear. I mean, the top the top number one for us, breaking news, shock of shocks, our number one, two, and three we all agreed on, and they mm. were Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle. I'm not a big Kittle guy, but I can't deny that if Kittle is healthy, he's going to perform. Even with the potential change of quarterback, and I'm hearing more and more, was it Trey Lance? I always forget who's out there. Trey Lance. Uh, yes, yep. I'm hearing more and more. Everybody's like, Trey Lance is going to be the starter. Trey Lance is going to be the starter. I I, I won't be shocked if Trey Lance is the starter in week one. I'm not predicting Trey Lance to be the starter in week one. But that being said. I think by the time their bye week happens, then they may switch. You know what I think it is? It's going to all depend on how the team's playing. Yes. Remember remember Patrick Mahomes sat his entire first year as a rookie because freaking Alex Smith went out there and led the Chiefs to 13-3 record. And one of those, yep. I'm sorry, 14 and two. And one of those two losses was week 17 because they rested Alex Smith. It was Patrick Mahomes' first start. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, it depends on the start. It depends on the start. Some guys react well to that. Some guys don't. So, all right. So we've got Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. Kelsey, I think is the, the, the top of the mountain. Waller and Kittle are just the next cliff down. Number four, we've got Mark Andrews. Cinch is down on Mark Andrews this year. I can understand why. The rest of us have him at four, so we have him at a composite median of four. We'll argue with Cinch over that. <laughs> Number five is there is we all, everyone except Craig has TJ Hawkinson at five. Craig, you have TJ Hawkinson as low as seven. I do. What's your concern about TJ Hawkinson? Uh, my concern is health and quarterback change. Those are my and two. It's not exactly. It's not an improvement. Golf is not an improvement. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, I, I agree. I, I can understand that. We've got Kyle Pitts at six. We're all over the board on Kyle Pitts. Dinch has him at four. Craig is at five. Sean and I have him at six. We're kind of similar, but no one can agree on what to do with Kyle Pitts. This is what happens with rookies, right? Yeah. A rookie it's... tight end comes out and he's highly hyped. Nobody knows where to put him. So, number seven is Noah Fant. Why is Noah Fant at number seven? Ask Craig. Craig, tell <laughs> us why Noah Fant is at number seven. I don't know. I think, the, for me, I feel like this is going to be Noah Fant's breakout year. I mean, they've already said they're going to use him in more routes in the offense. So, I think no matter who Denver decides in quarterback, I think Noah's going to have a good year, provided he stays healthy. Cinch is not big on Noah Fance. The rest of us have him around this spot. Number eight is Dallas Goddard. And this is where I say, well, uh, let me let me go through our top 10 and I'll bring up that point. We've got no- Dallas Goddard at number eight. That should tell you a lot. <laughs> Dallas Goddard, really? 
Number nine is Logan Thomas. And then we have Tyler Higby rounding out the top 10. So our top 10 is Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson, Pitts, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, Thomas and Logan Thomas and Tyler Higby. We just, we can agree that the first cliff comes after Travis Kelsey, right? That's the first cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Waller, Kittle, probably the second cliff. Uh, yes, I would say then so. Tier three. How far does tier three go? Tier three is definitely Andrews, Hawkinson. Does it go down to Pitts and Fant? I think it goes down to Fant because because Pitts is such a question mark. Yeah, Bob, well, I mean, we have Pitts ranked above Fant, but yeah. And then you don't fall off a cliff. You fall into the pits of Mount <laughs> Doom at number eight with Dallas Goddard and then Logan Thomas and Tyler Higby. Nothing against these guys. They all have tremendous upside, but they're all guys who are have shown us brief flashes of brilliance and then just never been consistent with it. So, Craig, that's 10 guys we listed off. Mm-hmm. There's essentially the top of the mountain and then three two tiers, and then a total cliff. When is too early to go get Travis Kelsey for you? Uh, It depends. Are you doing PPR or no? It's definitely a PPR in this situation. (sighs) Fifth round? Third round? So the question is too early? Yeah. Mm, Too early? Yeah. Probably around three-ish. Though, I mean, I've seen him taken first. So I've seen him go first round. That blows my mind. You cannot pass up on Tyreek Hill to take Travis Kelsey. But he's the best tight end. I know. (laughs) Trust me. I'm a Chiefs fan. I know. I also know that Travis is not going to score as many points as Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the drop-off. Yeah, there's a (laughs) drop-off. But the difference between Noah Fant and Robert Tanyan is not the difference between Kelsey and Hill. Right. Sorry, it's just not. And that's my point in this. There's like three guys at the top here. There's one at the top of the mountain. Then you got Waller and Kittle. And then you have and the ensemble cast. <laughs> then it's, the rest of the honestly, ends. then it's just pick someone. Really? All right. So there's the question. You miss out on Kelsey. Let's say you got one of those guys in your league. Kelsey goes like the third round. Okay. That triggers everybody to go, holy crap, there's only two more guys left. That by the time it gets back around to you, Waller and Kittle are gone. So you're in round four. And the top three are all gone. Mm-hmm. How late, realistically, are you now <clears throat> waiting to take tight end? Uh, this is the fourth round. Um, I'm probably looking at round seven or eight. Yeah, I, was, I honestly, for me, I was going to say somewhere between eight and ten, depending who's being drafted. But yeah. Yeah. And if there's a tight end run then, and sure. it gets to me in, t- in turn eight and my choices are Dallas Goddard and Logan Thomas, I'm waiting till like round 12. <laughs> <laughs> you might because as well then it's, because then it's gonna be tanya or irv smith and and i do i care at that point the guy i'm gonna get i'm still drafting a starter at that point yeah you know exactly I mean, ugh. now of course if you have a tight end premium league that changes things so right all right so let's go on with our ranks number 11 we've got mike jacecki mike jacecki's still a dolphin guys don't know what to tell you number 12 is robert tanyan tanyan has a lot of potential Here's the problem with Robert Tanyan. Aaron Rodgers is the problem with Robert Tanyan. Because Aaron Rodgers has never consistently thrown to a tight end in his career. Never. Oh, one, two game, he'll get him hot. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers has seen the light. 
Robert Tanya is the new <laughs> Travis Kelsey. And then the next week, the next three weeks, he catches a combined four passes for 18 yards. Uh, now with Randall Cobb there now. No. And now Randall Cobb is there. And they're roommates, so yeah. Who, Randall and, and Robert Tanyan? No, uh, Randall and uh, Rogers. Oh, jeez. How does this Aunt Devontae Adams feel about all this? You've done mm-hmm. everything for this team. You have thrown, you've caught everything he has thrown off his arm. And your reward is for him to go into the front office and go, if you want me to keep playing, you got to bring, bring me the receiver I want. I mean, he's a professional <laughs> and he'll deal with it. But man, how rude is that? I well, I think because I don't think Adams is going to be there next year. So I don't think it really matters. I agree. I agree. All right. Back to our tight ends. Number 13 is Irv Smith. Good luck. Another, again, this is, this is. Once you get past number nine into the Higby, Jacecki, Tanyan, Irv Smith realm, none of these guys are consistent. The question is, and for different reasons, the question is, which one do you have the most faith in? Hunter Henry, great example. Not consistent. Evan Engram, number 15 for us. Can't stay on the field. Eric Ebron, number 16. Eric Ebron literally gets up and flips a coin and decides whether <laughs> or not he's going to catch six patches every week. It is, it, it is such a coin shoot. Jared Cook. Jared Cook is the best tight end in the league at missing games. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with Jared Cook. 18, Jonu Smith. Remember last year, everybody was big on John Smith, including, including me. Yeah. Including me. The Titans were coming off an AFC championship appearance. This offense looked like it was starting to click. Every mm-hmm. position had breakout potential. And then Jonu Smith just didn't do it. So now he's at 18. I have him ranked at 12th. I still haven't given up on John Smith. <laughs> you haven't. You're still there. You're holding on. I wish I could quit him. <laughs> Number 19 is Adam Troutman. Craig, you're going to have to tell me about Adam Troutman because you're the only guy who put him on your, your top 15. You have him at 13. Talk to me about Adam Troutman and why we got Adam Troutman on this list. Hold on. I had that. I actually had that up in the window closed. Give me one second. You got your notes. He's got to get his notes I do. Out. I do. And then the last four are just kind of like guys who we know exist in the league. They're still play. <laughs> uh, so for me, really, uh, Troutman is like was one of my deep sleepers. You know, he's he's on the Saints. The Saints offense is clearly changing, and I think he has he has potential. Honestly, I think I think he's a great best ball option. Um. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't can see that. Or you know, use him in DFS as like a if for some reason you're both of your tight end, if you have two tight ends and they're both hurt, pick him up for a week. But um, if you're doing best ball, he's definitely someone to look at to have. Two years ago, Craig and I took shots on this kid named Darren Waller in best mm-hmm. ball. Any chance we could, like last three picks of drafts, go draft this kid from the Raiders because you never know. My God, that that you want to take flyers. Best ball is the best place to take flyer shots, particularly a tight end. Yep. Particularly exactly. a tight end. All right. So number 20 is Rob Gronkowski. Number 21 is Blake Jarwin. Number 22 is Gerald Everett. And number 23 is Anthony Ferkser. He still plays. Anthony <laughs> Ferkser. Here's the funny thing. Us. The top bottom four, Gronk, mm. Jarwin, Everett, and Ferkser are all exactly the same rating. We all have them at the bottom of our lists. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. they're basically the same guy. They are. They're ba- 
they're basically the same guy. So we're not going to spend too much time breaking this down. We'll probably talk a little bit about it during the roundtable. Let me run the list one more time, and then we're going to do our fabulous kicker and defense preview. At number one, we've got Travis Kelsey because, duh. Number two, Darren Waller. And number three is George Kittle. Number four is Mark Andrews. TJ Hawkinson, we think, still has great potential, so we have him at number five. And the fact of the matter is, he's probably, after Mark Andrews, he's the most reliable person still on the board. Kyle Pitts is coming out, and he could be make or break right off the bat. Here's what I'll say about Kyle Pitts. If he struggles out the gate, we have Pitts at six. If he struggles out the gate, after week three, if he is struggling, he is a great buy low candidate. Go get him. Yeah. Go call that owner who's like, I'm taking Kyle Pitts in round six, and I'm making my championship plans. <laughs> That's it. If you got that guy in your league, call him. Oh, really? Pitts isn't working out for you? You want Tyler Higby? Make that move. Make that move. He's a, If he struggles, he'll be a great buy low guy. Number seven is Noah Fant. Number eight is Dallas Goddard. I'm not sure why. Number nine is Logan Thomas. Number 10 is Tyler Higby. Where the hell is Zach Ertz? He's uh, not on this list. <clears throat> we didn't rank Zach Ertz. No, we didn't. <laughs> is he really falling that much? Hold on. I'm going to one of the pros that I trust. I'm going to look and see where he's got Ertz. I think because he he's Holy still crap. He's got about 26. Yeah, because no one knows what the Eagles are going to do with him. The last I read that, that he's probably going to get traded somewhere, but no one knows where, and he doesn't want to be an Eagle anymore. He is so he is so low on this list. He's behind Cole Komet, who is also not on our list. <laughs> Cole Komet also did not make our list this year. Wow. Wow, Jared nope. Cook, 27. Maybe we might be overranking uh, Jared Cook a little bit, but that's okay. So remember remember when O.J. Howard was the future? Now he's number 34. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yep. Chris Herndon. Oh, man. He's what? he's hurt again. He hurt his hamstring. Again. Again, yeah. I know. <laughs> Where did I leave off? I think we said number 10 was Tyler Higby. Number yes. 11 is Mike Jacecki. 12 is Robert Tanyan. The sooner that Jordan Love is the starter there, the happier Robert Tanyan will be. 13 is Irv Smith because even once in a while, for reasons I'll never understand, Kirk Cousins has a moment of brilliance and actually dumps it off. <laughs> Number 14 is Hunter Henry because that team is still a decent offense. 15 is Evan Engram if he's not starting any fights in Giants practice. Number 16 is Eric Ebron because, hey, why not? 17 is Jared Cook for us. And that is uh, that Craig, that's you're you're the one who raised Cook up. you got to own that. Jared Cook bombs out. You're going to have to take some hate mail on that. Just telling you. That's fair. That's fair. Number 18 is John U. Smith, and I'll take the hate mail on that. <laughs> 19 is Adam Troutman. Then at the bottom, we have Rob Gronkowski, Blake Jarwin, Gerald Everett, and Anthony Ferks are all essentially as the same guy. So, okay, that's our fabulous tight end preview. Let's do the kicker preview. <laughs> to this, I'm going to kick it to Craig. We spend notoriously 30 to 60 seconds per year <laughs> on kicker. Craig, go. Oh, wait, let's see. Well, I have my list. Where's our list? There wasn't one. Oh, we didn't because make one. Because the only okay. one who actually sent me kicker numbers was no one. None of you <laughs> sent me kicker numbers. I did. So I didn't do one. Oh, sad. All right. So, t- all right. So tell me your perspective. Give me 60 seconds on kickers. Go for it. All right. So the one thing with kickers and fantasy, if, you're, if your fantasy team require, or league requires kickers, the one thing you want to look at is their percentage for hitting field goals and the dist. Well, 
I'm sorry, points after and then field goals. And then with right. field goals, you want to look if your league has a minus point system for missed kicks, you do want to look at the amount of kicks they've missed and the, the distance that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you're not drafting a kicker till, you know, round what, uh, 17 of many rounds. Picking it up off of waivers, yeah. Right. Um, so for me, like my, I'll just say, you know, like my top five are Koo, Zerline, Bucker, Scoop, Scoop. I never pronounced that right. Uh, oh, Gold. Up. Ryan, suck and, up? Suck up. Thank you. Gold, Sanders, Aubrey. and Bass. Tyler Bass is getting a lot of chat in the preseason. I've seen at least one expert that has him ranked as the number one kicker going into fantasy this year. Now that's because Buffalo, he's going to have an opportunity to kick. And a Buffalo lot of scores a lot. So, I mean, if you know, if you want uh, points after you can look at that too. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, you know, Cinch is not big on coup. I am. Uh, I think he's an excellent kicker. Atlanta I scores a lot. He's concerned about the Atlanta offense in general. I mean, he, and that's the thing. But he'll sit there and say, I'm concerned about the Atlanta offense, but then he'll say Mike Davis is a sleeper. Well, here's the and thing. I'm like, Julio Jones, the past three seasons, how much of a factor was he in their offense? And they still scored a lot. So that's is it going to make. They lost a, I mean, we went over this the other day. How many games did they lose? Like 37 32 last year. Right. A fair number. <laughs> Like they scored over 25 points a lot of the time. And that means that's, and that's where I'm going to go with this. Look for kickers that are going to have an opportunity to be in high powered offenses or shootouts. Look for kickers with teams that are, their offense is better than average and their defense is bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you want to know up until, up until just a couple of days ago, I would have told you that Indianapolis was a key, key possibility for that. Yeah, I had I had Blankenship on a team, and now I don't know. <laughs> Baltimore, Justin Tucker, Will Lutz in New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans. Orleans. That's the other thing, too. You can look at kickers that mostly kick indoors. That's a big thing indoors as well. Indoors matter. That, mm-hmm. gives, that gives Atlanta and uh, Lutz in New Orleans a big up, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? I'm just I'm just saying. And, and the, back in the day, it used to be, oh, the guy kicking in Denver. Brandon McManus is exceptionally average. <laughs> Brandon McManus is exceptionally average. I, I, I'm not big on that. I Pick up the best available. Trust whatever expert you listen to. And if you don't trust any experts, look for high-powered offenses that combo with low-strength low defenses because those games are going to be shootouts and they're going to be opportunities to kick galore. Defenses. Let's talk about defenses really quick. The only person who sent me defensive numbers was cinch so cinch has the rams as the best defense then washington and the niners i looked at some people i trust earlier today and i'm pulling up the numbers i was looking at today i'm looking for defenses that are going to cause turnovers this year and for that i've got four names on my list okay i have got four again teams are gonna and and teams are gonna sack a lot Teams are gonna uh, looking at fifty plus sacks. I'm actually, I'm not, I, I, I think honestly, the team to watch this year, and a lot of people aren't on them, is the Arizona Cardinals. This is a team that can generate fifty plus sacks and twenty five to thirty turnovers easy. I'm, I'm just saying, is that the top numbers in the league? Probably not. 
But I, I would, I think Arizona is, is a, a defense to potentially target. And don't forget, even though he's already hurt himself, that's where JJ Watt is. JJ <laughs> Watt, JJ Watt makes every team better when, even when he's not playing, just saying that. But most of the experts are saying, go with the guys who turn over the, get turnovers a lot, like the Bucks, like the Steelers, like the, like the, the Redskins, the Redskins get forced a lot of turnovers and they, they run, they get a lot of sacks. So those are the teams to watch. Craig, who are you looking at in defense? Who stands out to you? Uh, you know, I was going to say the Dolphins, but I feel like the Dolphins are having way too much trauma, uh, especially with Xavier being there and then him saying he's only there so he doesn't get fined. Yeah. Um, so for trauma me, I would, I would probably stay away from the Dolphins, but that's me. Um, I do, you know, I'm on board with Washington. The Colts defense is going to be on the field a lot. So and that's a double-edged sword because yeah. a lot could happen or they can get very tired. <laughs> uh, or both. Or both. Uh, the Bills are always good. Remember, they play at home in the cold. They're used to that. And I like the 49ers only because they have the easiest schedule in the NFL this year, and that's never a bad thing. Fair. That's fair. I think I'm going to – and obviously you wait on defense. Defense yes. is just something you pick up late. And you got to watch the injury reports. I, I tend to stream defenses from week to week, so I don't even worry about defense. There have been drafts. Our league has a rule that you have to have a complete starting lineup before the end of a draft. Mm-hmm. So I have to draft a defense. You do, or I do as well. <laughs> exactly. We, we have to draft defenses. So if I didn't have that rule, I'd probably just pick one up before week one. I really don't worry too much about, about defense. I actually worry more about if I get a, my hands on a good kicker, a kicker that I think is going to have a lot of kick opportunities, I worry more about that than I worry about, about having a reliable defense. But this year, I, I definitely think I'm, I'm looking at teams I think that are going to have opportunity. I think Arizona, I think the Giants could surprise some people, um, but I don't think they're going to. I think Arizona is going to be one of the top three defenses in the league. So, Craig. We're saving time for the, we're saving time and energy for the big roundtable discussion. So let's move on to final thoughts. That's our that's our spectacular tight ends. You're going to need one kicker. You might need one depending on your league rule and defense. <laughs> sure, why not? Because with all that because. in mind, Craig, wrap up big bow on our 2021 rankings with your final thought. <clears throat> uh, my final thought. Uh, thank you for being with us for our fifth season. We know this is the most exciting episode that we do all year. Uh, we appreciate yawning. it. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, I am. <laughs> and, um, you know, just get ready for your draft. Try not to be Sean and overthink everything. Oh, um, because Sean right now, because of what happened with the Colts, is totally redoing his running back uh, rankings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, don't get me started on that. I, I don't. I get another text saying I'm adjusting my running back rankings again. No, no, you're not. So just don't overthink it. Just go. You know what? If you're at the dra your draft and you're deciding between you know two or three people, just go with your gut and you know just let it let, let draft happen. You know, don't stress let the draft too much. Come to you. Exactly. Exactly. That's the that's the advice I give every freaking year. Yep. Let the draft come to you. Don't react. Let it come to you. But, but, but all the running backs are gone. Then that means there's good wide receivers staring at you. Exactly. But, but there's only three tight ends left. Then that means there's got to be a better quarterback <laughs> available. Let the draft 
come to you. Do not react. I know some of you are going to be having your drafts in the next week or two. That's why we try to get these rankings out to you guys early. Don't overreact. Let the draft come to you. And that's that's my final thought for today. Next week, roundtable number one. What will it be about? I don't know. Probably quarterbacks. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but the four of us will sit and start discussing our rankings. We'll start talking draft strategy. We'll really get into the meat. As boring as the tight end kicker and defense episode is, we jokingly call it the most exciting episode, our roundtables are really not to be missed. You will have, and this is not an exaggeration, over 125 years of <laughs> fantasy football experience sitting around. Is that right? Did I just no. Uh, We've been doing this as a 3, 7, 28, uh, 28 times 4. Is, uh, we'll have over 100 years <laughs> of fantasy experience. It's 120 if we have the, the, um, the source, and I don't think we're getting the source. That's where that, that's why it's in my mind. You're going to have over 100 years of fantasy football experience sitting around a group of mics talking. So let me put this on the table right now. Today, it's it's the first week of August. If you have anything you want to hear about in the fantasy football roundtable, email us at fignutsdfs at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Say, hey, Fignuts. We want this in the, the roundtable and throw your question at us. I will bring your questions to the roundtable. This is an opportunity for you guys to reach out and get a lot of good information. Situational, draft, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Twitter at FignutsDFS. Email one more time is FignutsDFS at gmail.com. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast on Facebook. Make sure you leave us a review too, wherever you wherever you listen to us. We always appreciate it. Feedback is always is always greatly appreciated. So it is. With that, I hereby call a formal close to the 2021 ranking season, and now we shift gears into draft prep. And we're back already. Crazy. Not not that the rankings isn't draft prep, but it's but kind of the first stage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, now now we start doing the mocks and we start getting together and we start talking about what we want to talk about. So. And we're, 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 we were we had hoped to be able to reopen the, the the main studio. We had hoped to be opening the Blake Bortle Memorial Studio back to the public to do this. It doesn't look like that's going to be the best idea given the Delta variant. So we'll do it remotely. Um, but we will be. I'd hope to have us all in the same room so we could all actively yell at each other and see <laughs> if it's maybe always Cinch enjoyable. Could, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always the chance that Cinch is going to throw something at Sean. Um, that's the, the, those things that those risky mo- make it just more worth. We can wanting. watch, we can watch Sean not look at the mic or face yeah. the mic. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you guys don't see this, but we literally set up, we have three active mics in this studio. Cause we've net, we, we net, when we set this thing up, we never had a plan of having four people. Cinch and Sean were kind enough to join us as contributors. They've been so great with us. As much as we mock mock them and some of the things that they write to us, they are tremendous. We could not do this podcast the way we do it without them. And for so we sit in a in a circle because there's a third mic and four of us. Sean has to sit next to a mic, and he and Cinch both lean into the same mic. But Sean has this thing about making eye contact <laughs> with the person he's addressing. So I'm sitting to his left and he'll turn his head to the left. And now he's talking towards me and not the mic. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you've got to see Craig instantly like waving his hands in the air and silently pointing at the mic. Like trying to land a plane. <laughs> it's like trying to land a plane. And then you'll hear Sean in the middle of a thought see this and be like, you know, I really think the Dolphs, huh? Well, oh, oh, okay. I'll talk into the mic. And you're like, no, idiot. The reason we're signaling you is so that you don't verbalize that you're not talking into the mic. Oh, you know? man. And it's a shame because we've known him forever. Right. We've known Sean forever. He's a good friend. He's a good guy. His fantasy football insights are really solid. And then we put him on the air and he talks to the, he talks away from the mic. And we're like, dude, <laughs> it was your time job. to shine. <laughs> this is your chance. They're already talking about a spinoff called the Sean Hour. Come on. <laughs> God, I don't want I should not have put that out there. He's going to listen to that. The Sean Hour, huh? Spinoff? Anyway, so folks, we'll be back next week with our uh, fantasy roundtable in some way, shape, or form. Send us those questions at the sites I listed. We really appreciate all of you listening. Until we speak next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. (laughs) 